if you if you are somebody without a vagina trying to have sexual intercourse with somebody with a vagina if you've met one g-spot you've met one g-spot yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) doesn't mean you can go to the next partner and you know exactly where it is on young sao welcome to afternoon a delight where leah megan and amy romance novelists and your k-romance guides so grab some deck bokey and listen to your new favorite unease hey everybody hello Hi there. So before we start in on what is going to be, honestly, I think a super fun pod today that I'm really excited about, uh, I just wanted to kind of call out something that isn't as fun. And that is that uh, lately we have seen an uptick of uh, reviews and just comments, uh, both privately and publicly made, kind of questioning some of the content that we're putting out. And normally, look, we're all writers, we're very comfortable with people being like, not for me. And so that's not what we're talking about today. What we're talking about is the type of callouts that um, people feel like they want to offer up. So specifically things around, um, oh gosh, here I go again. Love between fairy and devil <laughs> being a sea drama has made some people feel some kind of way about us reviewing a Chinese centered drama simply because of feelings about how China's showing up right now in geopolitical spaces. And then additionally, there have been some call outs using words even like quote unquote weird that we have been doing some side snack episodes on uh, Thai BLs. And so again, the comment that I want to make today is not for people who feel the need to like share their feedback in that. The comment that I would like to make on behalf of all of us is for folks listening who may feel like they identify as communities right now who get impacted on a daily basis, either by microaggressions or actual aggressions to like their physical bodies because of either who they choose to love or, you know, the cultural identities that they hold. And so I really just want to affirm that we really disavow when we see feedback like that. We um, It doesn't sway us in the kind of content that we want to engage with. And that the root of this entire podcast was how we could provide joy and give like more joy and talk about, you know, love and celebrations of love in all of their forms. And I will just say that you know, when we did like some t- a whole podcast on Ted Lasso, we didn't have a peep of dissent of anyone questioning that. And so I want to say that like, I can't, I just want to identify that I feel like I see when I see comments that are, you know, designed to show that you disagree with people's lifestyles, or you're having microaggressions against their identity, and we're just not going to be here for it. And so we, we don't get into the weeds, we don't argue with like, you know, an Apple podcast review, and we're not going to like yell at strangers on the internet about things. But if you're listening and you see comments like that and they make you feel bad, we feel bad that you have to see that kind of stuff. We feel bad that people feel the need to come by and make comments that might make you feel othered or not included. So in this space, you are included. This is our tiny corner of the internet. And if we want to talk about any kind of drama, we're going to talk about that kind of drama. And we're also, for the folks who are here because of Korean dramas, 
we're here for Korean dramas too. And we're like three white ladies on the internet saying things, right? And so, you know, we got into Korean dramas simply because we were loving the way that they were plotting and beating out love stories. And we do want to continue that and we will. But we also are going to talk about other shows and other content at times if it's bringing us joy and making us happy. And we're going to do it without apology. And we really, really, really just want everyone who listens to feel like we value you and we see you and we want you to be part of, you know, our big community that just nerds out on story. So that's my soapbox. I'm getting off of it. And I will let, uh, you know, anyone else speak who want to talk to that. I just really wanted to make sure we like put that front and center today. I really think that we should add like an applause track to that because that was so eloquently put, Leah. And I really, really appreciate that. And you know, just to know that Megan and I are 100% behind everything that you just said. You just said it so well, so I don't even know what to add. <laughs> yeah, you are so good at that. And you said everything that I was feeling in my heart, but in a way without saying a lot of ums and stuttering like I would. So I just want to say thank you. <laughs> and yes, to all the listeners, we see you. We love you. We welcome you here. Yeah. And this doesn't come from like, I don't want like a white lady, like gold medal today or like a white savior medal. This is just good, good human practice to say, um, to say, yeah, no, not, not here. Thank you. Um, And we do have privilege. And so I'm going to leverage that privilege today to say that I will continue to create spaces to support, you know, all of our listeners and, um, and actively push back and, you know, call back out if I feel as if, um, you know, we're getting bad messages. And also the last caveat to all caveats is we always can do personally better ourselves. And so that's it too. Like I'm not grandstanding to say that we never make mistakes, that we have never caused harm, that we have never like inadvertently engaged in microaggressions because we certainly have. And we always want to hear that as well. So we're not also like just looking to point fingers. We also want to do the work and reflect on ourselves. That being said, now is the time to switch into joy mode. (laughs) because that's what we're here for. And I think this is a fun podcast today. And before we get into that and we have our banter time, this is like a big deal. Like a historic event is coming in my personal life (laughs) (laughs) on my wedding anniversary. Oh, really? Is is it? It is my 17th. 17, because I got married when I was like a baby. (laughs) Um, Wedding anniversary. Min Young Gi, my ultimate bias from BTS, also known as Suga, also known as Augusty, is going to be going on tour. And one of the places he chose to come on tour is just up the road from me in Oakland. And we are assembling a force that is going to be so powerful of amazing people that I cannot wait to meet in real life. Yet, I'm going to see two people who I have seen before in real life that I have not seen in a long time, and they are Megan and Amy. <laughs> Yay! We're assembling the Afternoona Avengers! Oh my gosh, Afternoona Assemble! Yes! Yeah, you so know, excited. your girl Megan is flying across the country. <laughs> Uh, for like two days, not I'm 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 acting like it's a personal sacrifice. It's not. I'm so excited. At first, I was like, uh, I don't know if I want to, you know, like fly that much. And then I'm like, wait, what? This is a once in a lifetime opportunity, and I get to see Leah and Amy. I love Sugar. I am so excited. I will do whatever I can to get my ass to Oakland, and I am. And Amy too. Amy's like, 
look, I'm doing it. Then I was like, well, shit, yeah. now I'm in. <laughs> I know. I'm like, look, I already, I like earmarked a flight and I already paid for my ticket. So to the show. So you're coming. Yep. We're very excited. So we do have a sister pod, Afternoon Army. We, they will also be a part of this. Plus, you know, listeners that we've connected with that, you know, either have been on their own BTS journey or I feel as if I've like potentially like helped introduce into their lives, you know, why why bts just makes people happier um but what we are going to do with this podcast i think which is going to be so fun because we've never ever ever done it is do some sort of podcast together in human form with each other (laughs) oh my god i'm so excited i really truly am so excited it'll be a whirlwind like two days not even like a full two days for me i'm flying in monday night and leaving wednesday morning but it's going to be worth every single minute I can tickle Megan's meat sticks in person or have me tickled by Megan's sweaty meat stick, wet meat sticks. The oh amount of God. meat stick comments on Instagram honestly make my day, guys. I just need you to know. And I tell Neil every single time one happens and he laughs too. So thank you. Wet signature. I'll ne- like. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I don't know what I, I don't know how my brain works. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm so excited because we were just talking about like things we can hand out. So like. I'm always down to buy stuff to hand out. It's going to be so much fun. Um, and I appreciate Leah for also like including us because from the very beginning, she was like, look, I'm going to reserve you guys room. So, you know, basically get your butts here. And we are. Yeah. And I want to say that what's happening is uh, we were able to secure a suite, which is fucking incredible. And I think this is a story that needs to be told on the afternoon army side as well of what went down during a period of 24 hours. But, um, you know, one of my friends linked to the the pod, uh, Amy always laughs because I refer to her as my friend Lexi and they're like, we know who Lexi is. She, she <laughs> talked to me about it afterwards and she was like, you know, I got like emotional because I was like, women did this. And it's true. Like when you give women, like a, a real goal and desire, it, it was so affirming to see, you know, how many of us, because it only worked because we worked together. Like I worked together with, you know, our, one of our Patreon members, Becky, with one of our afternoon uh, army co-host, Tanya, and um, a few other listeners. And we were able to just kind of have this like audacity to say what would happen if we tried to book a whole suite in the Oakland arena and then it worked. So shout out to Brian, who <laughs> we'll be talking about in Afternoon Army as well, who is the suite manager for uh, Oakland Arena. And I don't think he understands what is coming for him. And when he emails <laughs> to us, he's like, I'm excited for you to see Sugar. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's the cutest. <laughs> that's very sweet. That is. It is. So, um, really yeah. quick, really quick, really quick. Who has Facebook Messenger open? Right now, because I'm Not hearing me. dings of messages. Me. Yeah, of course it's <laughs> I forgot because uh, this is a new thing with it's, the, it's okay. because I never use Facebook. Like I so rare. That's what it is. I could not figure out what was dinging. <laughs> you. Don't edit it out because you should, no, you should call me out because Facebook is a boomer place to be. And then I'm the boomer who like hasn't turned it off. Not so in me. all the organizing of this, some of the people who were involved were actively use Facebook Messenger as their communication. So I had to like dig out my Facebook, figure out my laptop like access and 
So that's what it's been for days. I just keep hearing dings and I'm always like, what is that? And you don't know what it is? Oh my God, you are a boomer that you don't even know what it was. I had no idea. Like even today, I'm like, is that like me? Because it sounds like (laughs) I heard it like twice and I'm like, it's I'm double. I'm like, do I have Facebook open in a window? I don't know. It's it's you. No, it's me. It's me. I'm the problem. (laughs) I am the problem. You know what? This is the thing, though, to. Uh, this is the thing that you say like women did this the power of say like the swifty fandom and army fandom is incredible and those are often kind of you know woman woman dominated i guess i would say or prominent more prominent um and they get shit done both those fandoms the things that i'm they're also able to shocked do. i'm also shocked at this sweet thing that i didn't know existed and i bet you it exists at all arenas, like all across the country. And I didn't know that you could do this to get a suite before tickets go on sale. So yeah, I did. I didn't know this was a thing. I'm just, like I said, I'm really grateful that you included us, Leah. And yes, um, I'm, I'm very excited. Like that's what I'm doing probably this afternoon is um, dealing with booking everything. So yeah, the content that we will generate for everyone. I hope that you, if you are not able to attend, you can live vicariously and see. <laughs> like the other thing is, I am so excited because this is like, I don't know if you could pick something I want to do more than see Shiga solo. <laughs> and when it happened, I was in such shock, like I almost disassociated. And then I called Lexi because I was like, look, I just, I need to connect with somebody just for a second. Like, because I'm having like this, I'm feeling too like, unkeeled right now like I need to just be calibrated and talk I think talking to someone you know I'm a verbal processor and so she was like well do you want to FaceTime I'm like yes please because normally I would not subject someone to having to do that texting is fine so she like gets on my FaceTime and I just burst into fucking tears I was like thank you I just needed some sort of catharsis to have like a feeling for a second so that's very sweet I love I really really know that was like boiling I just like was like, <laughs> I think like, you know, Maggie, what you're talking about with the fandom. And I think what is so special about it is that even like my kids understand it. Like I was very worried because of course, like I'm going to like, you know, try and earmark flights and see if I can do it. And I'm looking at the dates on the school calendar and I'm like, oh crap, like the night of the concert, my son has a thing at school for this project that he's doing. And I'm like, I just need to wait till he gets home from school and discuss with him and see if he's okay with me missing it. It's not like a huge thing, but it's it's a thing, right? And first of all, I tell I the funny thing is me like building up to tell him about it. I'm like, so so we got this suite in California, and you know, for remember I told you about Sugar, and he's like, yeah, and he's we got this suite, and I can you know I can make it work, and flights aren't too bad. And then I said, but. I would be missing your presentation that you're doing for this class. He's like, okay, first of all, I didn't even know that there was a presentation for it. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a Connor response. He's like, Mom, I know. He's go. like, I didn't know that we had one. <laughs> and, and he's like, uh, he's like, you should really do this, mom. Like, I know how badly you want to do this, but like, I so could tell sweet. by the look, but I could tell by the look on his face. I said, the way that I told the story though, I said, did you think for a hot minute that I was bringing you to California? He's like, I did. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> cause I'm like, tickets aren't bad. We got this suite. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, so I can go. <laughs> That's so cute. But he was super sweet. He's like, no, you need to do this. And so I thought that was very sweet. So I sat my son down too, because, um, 
I needed, like I said, I was like needing to verbally process and he's actually a good listener. And I think he thought I was telling him my marriage was ending because I was like, okay, the way I went about it in a convoluted way. I was like, I need you to sit down. I have something really important to talk to you about. So he immediately was on like high alert. So he sits down and I'm like, so you know how I love your dad, right? I don't know why. I don't know why. Why did you lead with that? You crazy. Because, you know, while I can be articulate sometimes, I was in a, I was yeah. an emotional basket case. I was like, you know, I love your dad, right? I I'm like, it. there's a lot of different forms of love people have. <laughs> and then he like was looking at me just kind of like, wait, where is this going? And I was like, oh no, I'm not like telling you that like your dad and I are breaking up. I'm telling you that I have a love of a different sort for someone else. And I'm like, I am really not doing this well. And I was like, I'm going to go see Sugar from BTS. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, Neil was just like, I like told him, I'm like, okay, here's the deal. I would fly out on Monday. I, I want to go to this concert. I didn't even tell him. I told him I was a member of BTS. He doesn't. And then I was like, but I, I get to see Amy and Leah. And I really think that that was, he was just like, okay. Like, I haven't told the kids yet. I know my daughter is going to be like, can I go? But no, it was I will tell you, I saw a TikTok from like a BTS fan and she was like, look, if you go see Suga, leave your kids at home. This is a grown folks concert. <laughs> I had that conversation with Bronte as well, because I bring Bronte to a lot. And this year, Bronte, I also don't feel that bad. Bronte seeing Stray Kids, which is like her ultimate. Right. Bias. When are you going to that? Um, March 31st. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. So we're driving down to LA. She's going to see Stray Kids her, yeah. for her first time. Right. She's also going to get to see Epic High. Um, oh, and so, which I don't know if she's as excited about, but I'm like, dude, you just need to get excited about. Um, and so, yeah, she keeps being like, can I go? And I was like, look, this is mommy's time to, like, you don't want to see mommy in this state. Right. It's no, pandemic. this is nothing. <laughs> And yeah, I'm going to like, I'm about to like bring it over and do the segue because it's not about like, you know, can I be feral about this person? Yes, 100%. But like, that's not really what it's about. It's about, I think that sometimes in these fan spaces, it's about like your relationship with yourself more than like your relationship with like the artist, you know, like the artist becomes the catalyst for like you getting just like all content in some ways, you know, so, you know, it's not like I want to get my little like I'm not gonna be crawling through the air ducts of like an Oakland airport hotel to like drop into like Minyungi's bathroom so I can like go through his garbage. It's right. more, I respect so much about him as an artist and the way he stretches himself. And that's like the energy I want to cultivate in my own life and around myself. And I feel like the fa the friends I've made who are in this fandom are kind of on that similar thing of like, this stuff like hypes us and then it hypes us to be like, what do we want to do now? And that's, I think that's the place that makes the fandom so special, really. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say the same thing. Um, going to the ATs concerts with Hazel was a really great bonding experience for us. There, Yeah, I was not, I did not need to be like touching the members at a high touch event. I didn't, that, that's not what it's about for me. And that's totally fine if that's what like someone else is about. But for me, um, it was about experiencing it with my daughter. And I also, I think this is universal across fandom. So I'm not even just speaking for, or a lot of fandoms, at least I'm not just speaking about ATs, but there's a general atmosphere among um, that fandom that makes me feel really positive. I think it's just, you know, I met so many kind 
people at these concerts both times we went. Just amazingly sweet people because that's the type of that's the type of fans that the group attracts. And that and I love being in that atmosphere. And so to me, um that's what I'm looking forward to as well with a sugar concert. I'm excited to be in the presence of this fandom, which I know is a special fandom. The energy of it, I like I because I, I haven't seen BTS live like you have Leah. So I don't know what it's like to experience that firsthand and I'm so excited for it. So it is I'm thrilled that I get to be with you guys. I'm thrilled that we get to be with some of our listeners and some of our afternoon army um you know podcasters as well. But I'm also thrilled to just be in the presence of people who get it. Yeah. Right? Who who are all in the same space that we are. It's gonna be pretty epic. Yeah, I mean I would say too, like at the concerts you did, you got this like freeing feeling that you can just be as excited as you want about something and you don't have anyone side-eyeing you being like okay calm down it's not that big of a deal no everyone there thinks it's a fucking huge deal and they're going to be just as excited as you are no shame am- it really hits the spot <laughs> good, job. Do do that. good job it is time good segue. To- it is time for the segue So as we move into introducing this drama, I do want to just make a disclaimer that today's, I don't know if our pod's ever really suitable for work anymore. Like, I think that ship sailed a long time ago. But this one is in particular, probably pretty NSFW. Um, So, you know, it's up to you to decide what you expose any minors to. Um, But I would suggest, you know, this is probably an adults only pod. and, uh, And so proceed listening to it as such. Yeah, when when I upload this to, uh, what do you call it, YouTube, and it asks, does this pod have explicit material? I think for the first time, I'm going to check yet. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I was telling Leah and Megan when I was writing the script for this, I tried to sneak it in like during my lunch at work. And I sit in a cubicle where my computer screen and I have like three different monitors. And so I have like giant monitors and they face out and you could just walk by and read what I'm writing. And I'm like, I can't, I can't even do five minutes of this here. So, cause here's, here's, we're, we're going to get going. So porn, dildos, vibrating cock rings. Am I listing the contents of a secret drawer in my nightstand or the contents of a delightful sex positive mini drama called hit the spot or Fanta G spot? Maybe both. Either way, it's a drama about a very important spot, as well as friendship, relationships, and wholehearted support for a woman's right to pleasure. So, in the wise words of Salt and Peppa, let's talk about sex, baby. All right, so if you've not yet watched the drama, here is a synopsis, mostly from um, my drama list. They had, I thought, the most, because there's nothing on Vicky, which is where this drama is, um, that gives this much detail. So a warm, friendly, considerate person, Hee-Jay, played by Exids Hani, is surrounded by people who claim to know and love her. The problem for Hee-Jay is that she isn't really sure if she really understands herself. On the other hand, Mina, played by Bae Woo-Hee, is Hee-Jay's confident and energetic best friend and colleague at Playbooks, a supplier of books and related products centered around sex and romance. While Mina is an expert in how to achieve physical pleasure, her understanding falls short on romantic relationships. When they find themselves told to take over hosting a sex and romance advice podcast, the two feel more than a little bit lost. 
Having never experienced an orgasm or explored her own sexuality beyond routine, lifeless intercourse with her boyfriend of five years, HeJ isn't the most qualified person to be hosting a sex advice podcast. Trapped in a loveless routine of emotionally detached, no strings attached, casual sex, Mina is hardly one to ask for advice on committed romantic relationships. With no one else able to take over the program, though, they really don't have a choice. Suddenly thrust into a world she doesn't understand, HeJ finds herself opening up to new ideas and starts to explore her own body and seek out new experiences. Fed up with cycling through men who only satisfy her body and nothing more, Mina, too, desperately wants things to change. Popping by to help our heroines with their sexual and relationship exploration are Pak Sun-ho as In-chan and Amy's new way-too-young-for-her-boyfriend, Roy Tue or Tue Kwon Rock. So this is a tiny baby drama of only eight episodes, each about 40 minutes long, and it has an X rating <laughs> in South uh, <laughs> Korea. So there's not too much to touch on without spoiling, but we're going to do our best to keep it spoiler free from the start, and then we'll let you know when we're heading into spoiler town. And to start, Look, your afternoon is here. Um, We're aware of a Korea Boo article where a supporting actress in this drama claims that she was coerced into more nudity than she'd really signed up for when um, originally joining the drama. So these allegations are obviously disappointing and we don't condone this behavior by the producers just because we're uh, discussing this drama. So before we really get to it, the first question, what's your favorite or least favorite euphemism or synonym for sex. And maybe from here on out, we try to label the act with a different word every time we bring it up. So I want to hear what your favorites are, and then I'm going to just do a few off of this BuzzFeed list that I found, because there's some stuff on here that I'm like, well, I have never heard that. Okay, so my least favorite is bumping uglies, just because it's ugly, and I don't like it. (laughs) I don't think it's very positive. And then my favorite is knocking boots. And let me just tell a quick story, which I think I've told it on the podcast before, but I'll explain why, because it makes me laugh every time I think about it. My husband and I had to, we got married in a church, mainly because um, my parents and my grandparents are married there. So it was actually more about the location than really the religion of it all. And, but in order to get married at that church, we had to take uh, counseling. And we had this like, I mean, we were 23, 22. I mean, we were really young. And I still remember we had to fill out this worksheet. And I don't think Neil realized that like she was, I don't think he realized that in the therapy session, we're gonna have to like actually discuss like what was written. I don't know what he was thinking, honestly, actually. I mean, he was 22. So that's probably it. 22 year old man, man boy. So, so we had to fill out Uh, the question was, what's your favorite thing to do together? And I had written, um, I don't remember, I think just like spending quality time together, taking walks or something like that. And um, she's like, okay, you Neil. And he like, has this like deer in headlights look. And I like, cast my eyes down to his paper. And he had written, knocking boots. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, First of all, why did you write, of all euphemisms, knocking boots? Like, what what made you consider that <laughs> at, like, 22? And he, of course, didn't want to say that to her because, you know, again, we were 22 and it was really awkward. So he was just like, uh, uh, watch TV together. And it was just funny. So every time I hear knocking boots, I think of that story and it's one of my favorites. So, yeah, that's it. 
I mean, it's never not an amazing. I know. Knocking <laughs> boots. So, look, I'm going to go with my fave first, and I'm not going to beat around the bush. My fave is just fucking or getting down if I'm going to be PC. Um, and my least fave, it's either boinking oh. because that just nothing sounds good about that. Um, but even worse is porking. Yeah. It makes me want to vomit in my mouth. Those are gross. Those are gross. You hit good ones there. Um, you know, I don't really, I don't think about this a lot. Like I don't really use a whole lot of euphemisms when I'm writing about it because I like just call it what it is. But my least favorite or one of my least favorites, cause I didn't even think of porking and porking's gross. Um, taking a trip to pound town or just pounding, you know, anything with pound in it. Um, favorite in like a kitschy, cute way, making whoopee. Like I don't use it. It's just cute and old fashioned. But there's this BuzzFeed list that I can put in the show notes if you really want to see that see this. But it's got how many? Um, I don't even know how many there are. They're not numbered. But I mean, like, I mean, like, I've heard some of these. Take old one eye to the optometrist. There's, you know, there's that. Butter the biscuit. Um, <laughs> open the gates of Mordor. Uh, no, in the biblical sense. That's so, that's dumb. Um spelunking the bat cave park the plymouth into the garage of love Ew. has anybody ever actually used that oh my gosh um yeah so there's there's a few others on there but just there's a lot of euphemisms i've never all the euphemisms on that list i've never used them um but some of them are funny nor do yeah. they make me want to engage in coitus. No, yeah. they're not sexy. Like, there's nothing sexy about any no. of those stupid euphemisms. It's not making me want to take my clothes off. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. So, the nudity. While I don't find nudity shocking in television or cinema, it's not something that we see in K-dramas, like at all. So when the drama opens with boobs and sex and a very audible climax... Were you shocked? So I wasn't, but that's only because I heard a lot of chitter chatter about this opening um, before I started it. So I kind of just like knew what I was getting into. I knew it was going to start with that boot knocking visit to Pound Town. Um, <laughs> but I will say that like I normally can I normally watch Korean dramas on my phone and um, I normally watch them without uh, like my AirPods in. Whereas this one I had to watch kind of like after dark with uh, earpods in, much like I did with like Fleabag, for example, as a comp. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised. I mean, I, I had heard that it started kind of like that, but I still was just surprised to see it in a K-drama. That's just really all there is to it. And I'm like, Leah, I watch on my phone and I, I like that. And I never really worry about the content because my kids can't understand the language. Um, but this one opens up with like, <laughs> like audibly, you know, like gasping, uh, knocking boots. And so, yeah, I had to then quickly be like, oh, okay, this is one I got to watch like in, you know, by myself in a room by myself, which was fine. Yeah, I so I was the first one to watch it. So I, I basically like ruined the nudity part for both of you. It's but okay. it was we, we literally just mentioned it that night on our whatever pod where we, we were recording. And I knew nothing about it, except that you guys had said that you heard it was sexy. And I was like, okay. So when I like 
and I watch on my laptop in, you know, in bed usually. And so I was like, I'm just going to check out the first episode and see what this is all about. And I was like, oh, damn, it opens with a couple, you know, watching a porn, watching porn. And I was shocked only because I'm like, oh, this is a K-drama. Wait, this is not a (laughs) K-drama like I've seen before. So it just sort of took me by surprise. Um, And yeah, I don't, I never watch with like earbuds or anything in. And so I think I was very happy that that was a night that my kids were at their dad's house because even if they were in their bedrooms, they they would have heard some stuff. Yeah. Uh, so this is not much of a spoiler since it happens in the first minutes of the drama. But what, what we have here is a couple watching porn while also engaging in some coitus of their own. So how does this scene for you help set the tone or not set the tone for eight episodes of sex positivity? Like, even if the couple they showed at the beginning was wasn't a fully happy couple because they weren't. I appreciated the inclusion of a couple watching porn together, watching porn together to sort of set the tone of saying, look, what works for one couple may or may not work for another, but anything that enhances sex for you and your partner is okay. Like if it's consensual, of course. And yeah, I just wanted to talk about it through the lens of this journal article that was published in the journal of sex research where, you know, I'd love to be an editor. (laughs) Um, But it's mostly about how using porn as a how-to manual can lead to poor quality sex, as mostly orgasms are, like, misrepresented, uh, especially in, like, cishet pornography. Um, For example, how many actresses are, obviously, uh, like, adult actresses are faking it till they make it in um, in the videos. And I'm not saying that a woman cannot orgasm from straight P and V activity. I mean, I've met women who do, but I'd say that it's not like the standard and that suggesting otherwise can make men, um, you know, we're talking about like, like heterosexual sex here can make uh, men assume they're delivering on like the good, good when really they're just jackhammering you like you're a piece of pavement And then women, as a result, can feel pressured to act like it's magnificent when, in fact, like, it's just meh. (laughs) True. True story. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. I would say in regards to this drama, to me, it did give me a signal, though. I mean, uh, that, okay, they're going to explore different ways to, like, say, enhance pleasure. I just, it felt a little bit like a bat signal to me. Um, So I didn't think too deeply into like actually the porn setting. Like what porn means. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of felt like, oh, okay, this is this is a signal to me of the type of content we're going to be getting. So this isn't simply a drama about sex and pleasure, but it's a drama about sex and pleasure from a female presenting point of view. Why is that important? And that goes with what you were just talking about, Leah. Yeah. And so again, we're speaking about this really clearly from like a female point of view right now. And so um, I just want that to be like, I'm not assuming this goes for everyone no. at home listening. Um, it is the yeah. point of view of the drama, though. So that's kind of that's why we are where we are. I think I'm just in caveat mode today. <laughs> I know. I get it. I totally do. <clears throat> um, but if there's one thing I can drive home from what I think like dramas like this um, and stories like this can give is that like ladies we need to ask for what we want because no fairy sex mother is going to come whisper in our partner's ear that you know we have a fantasy that might involve queening or impact play or that you'd like to just try a little fisting um so i feel like uh centering women in a cishet 
sex act is really important simply because unfortunately that's just not always the norm even now in 2023 and i'm of the opinion that women deserve really good sex women deserve vibrators that are cute and fun um women deserve an acknowledgement that many women prefer to be mind fucked uh before any other kinds of fucking um and you know i also do want to give uh, a non-sponsor shout out to places where ladies, gents, and other non-binary friends can go to explore pleasure in places outside of the normal ones that really just focus on male pleasure as the goal. And so that's kind of where I'm going in response to this question is like, you know, I think centering, you know, our needs is always just really important. So I just want to give three places I think that you can go to, to um, really have your pleasure be centered. And one is romance novels, duh. And of course, I was going to go here because look, in romance novels, you have every kink available, every trope, and you can roll around in universal fantasy butter until you are glistening. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I also enjoy that the um, drama kind of brings up and validates sex toy experimentation. Um, And there's an online vendor. Again, we are not sponsored. I'm just like hashing out stuff I know that Adam and Eve is a good place to start. It's a... um, it's a sex toy company that's been around since the early 1970s and they know their stuff. And then also I want to give a shout out to uh, a new player in the, you know, sexual market, which is called Dipsy. And I think they're a really cool company. Um, Their premise is they want to be for erotic fantasy, what headspace is for mindfulness. So basically you can like pop in earphones or go somewhere private, or you can be public if those listening give consent and listen to like these short stories that are all hot, dirty talk. And, um, Did you close the fucking window? I I didn't realize it was open in somewhere else. It was open in like nine places. (laughs) Oh my God. What a mess. (laughs) What I can bring it back to the hot, dirty talk is Dipsy. Because, you know, I'm not only a boomer. I also know hot new (laughs) sex aids is, um, you know, they have all this like hot dirty talk where you can either have like someone talking to you directly or you can hear partners like engaging in like fantasy play. And so you can kind of just kind of like pick, choose your own adventure of um, what you enjoy or not so that you can also then tell your play partner like what's going to get your engine purring. Okay, so at least from my point of view, like in, in my experience, there's always been a stigma or like a sense of shame attached to female pleasure, whether it's self-pleasure, experiencing pleasure with a partner, etc. Like I grew up in an era where a guy got to brag about what a stud he was if he had sex, yet if a woman, if a woman did the same, then she was considered a slut, right? Like I, I grew up in the age of slut shaming. So I love that we have a drama like this that exists to help destigmatize this double standard because as Leah said, Everybody deserves to have a good time when they have sex, including women. Yeah, I mean, this drama kind of, I, I think I said this either on Patreon or somewhere. This drama felt like a safe space to me. It just felt safe. Like, um, it didn't feel like any topics were taboo. Um, I loved that the, still like the core of the show was two female friends who were just very, very supportive of each other. And who wanted the best for each other. And I love that. So yeah, it just felt it felt safe to me. I enjoyed watching it because I just felt well represented and kind of welcomed. 
So I think that's all we've got for non-spoilers, because this is like, you know, like I said, this is a short drama. There's not too much to talk about outside of spoilers. So we're going to pivot for a second to our favorite uh, part of the show, which is our K-pop wreck of the week. And Megan, what do you have for us today? So today I am going to recommend Bad by So Yoon. And so look, her her name, at least on YouTube, is spelled a little differently. So it's S-O exclamation point, Y-O-O-N exclamation point. And so first of all, I like the song. It's just kind of like a chill, sexy vibe. Um, and it opens with her uh, kissing another woman. And it's incredibly sexy. Uh, and I just was I've been really vibing with it um and it came out uh recently the YouTube video is like eight days ago so um yeah I just recommend it I think you'll you'll really like it so it is bad by so Yoon. if you enjoy our podcast you have our patrons to thank at least in part afternoon a delight patreon allows us to keep creating content for y'all to enjoy thank you so much to everyone who is supporting us there And not to brag, but our Patreon community is pretty awesome. And you can join at a tier that feels good to you. Gain access to fun perks like K-drama posts, monthly Patreon-only bonus podcasts, and even a live K-drama support group on Zoom. Because we know firsthand what it's like to have no one to talk to about those crazy plot twists, amazing characters, and all those feelings. And look, no one should have to walk that walk alone. So learn more by visiting afternoonadelight.com. That's www.afternoonadelight.com. And hey, while you're on the website, you can check out Afternoon Delight podcast merch, find links to book recommendations, bop along to our K-pop recs, glow up your skin with K-merch recs, find all of our social media and a link to our email so you can send us recommendations or feedback. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you pop over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review? It really helps with our discoverability. Gamsamnida. So what kinds of things do you both like to do when you drive? Pay attention to the road? Is this a trick question? All right, how about when you fold laundry? Why am I folding laundry in this scenario? Read, friends. I was trying to get you to say read. You could just ask us if we like to read when we drive or... Wait, how are you reading when you're driving? With Audible. You know, our sponsor, who is the leading creator and provider of premium audio storytelling, enriching the lives of millions of listeners every day. I listen to audiobooks on my commute to work in the car. Oh yeah, I totally do that. I love my Audible subscription. Then why'd you leave me hanging with the whole driving thing? Forget it. It's not important. What is important is that now our listeners can get a 30-day free trial of Audible Premium Plus from Afternoon of Delight. Do you know what they get with that free trial? Actually, I do. They get one audiobook credit, two if they are Prime members, which is good for any premium selection, and they get to keep that audiobook. They also get the whole Audible Plus catalog of podcasts, like Afternoon of Delight, audiobooks, guided wellness, and Audible originals. And with the Plus catalog, you can listen all you want, no credits needed. And Audible sends you a reminder email before your trial ends. 
Sounds like a great way to spend 30 days to me, especially if you're heading outside for a walk, have a long commute to work, or just want to hear one of many talented narrators really bring your book to life. All you have to do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash afternoona to sign up and you're ready to download your first listen. Enjoy! Okay, enough beating around the bush. (laughs) 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 But seriously, folks, this drama is too short, so we're going to dive right in and get to it. It's spoiler time. You've been warned. Pause here if you don't want to hear more until after you binge this short delight, or stick with us as we get up to our waists in Hijay's search for her phantom (laughs) G-spots. So here is the catalyst for the journey of sexual awakening. Hijay and Mina both work for a publisher who produces a sex advice podcast. Due to a scandal, the original host can no longer host the show, and Hijay and Mina's boss tosses the job in their laps. Hijay feels wildly unqualified, especially because she's done, 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 never had an orgasm. So Mina takes her to a sex shop and has her buy some toys to take home and try out with her boyfriend of five years. But when she asks him to wear a vibrating cock ring that would give her more outside pleasure on her, you know, clitoris region, he flips out on her and walks out the door. Why do you think the drama portrays this sort of reaction from Hijay's boyfriend and why in general as we've already been getting to, is the search for female ple- is the search for female pleasure, whether it's self pleasure or with a partner, often tied to this idea of shame? And I think it goes deeper than just into you know like the slut shaming that I brought up earlier. Yeah, well, I mean, it's all tied to the patriarchy, isn't it? So you know, uh, men don't want to feel inferior. Their their pride is well. I should say, I'm just going to say like historically. Okay. Don't not all men me, but that's, you know, (laughs) you know, we have ego tied to their sexual prowess. And for us to, you know, suggest that maybe we could use a little help. I think they feel like that's a that's a direct attack or they they can. Some men can feel like that's a direct attack on them, which it's not. It's about us. (laughs) It's about me. Um, And so I think. Um, and in order to curb that, instead, they just make a, you know, we're often made to feel shameful for for wanting it in order to, you know, maybe preserve some egos. I mean, I, I'm sorry to like directly attack, but this was I was just kind of like very triggered by this scene. I was really angered by mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to just jump in and kind of like affirm that to say that. Oh, men's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so sensitive sometimes um and again just to kind of like call back that this is where i'm not going to come after the adult entertainment industry and pornography but i will say that aggressively cishet pornography does have some part to play i think here because like there can be this thing sold to men that like you just need to like get in there and like pound town on that vagina and like you know, if you're a real man, that's going to like be the best thing that this lady's ever had. And so for somebody to be like, actually, like, that's not going to quite do it for me. And I might need to have these other things. You're like, yeah, it's going to get you in like your feelings of inadequacy and insecurity as opposed to being like, oh, of course, maybe this like aggressive, you know, missionary pump style is a fantasy that like, you know, there's like a place for it, but like for, you know, the vast majority of women that's not that's not going to be the entire like satisfying experience that like you know it might be like linked to be like you know dudes you don't have a magic dick 
that, you know, you bring out and immediately I'm just like biting my lip and crossing my legs. So yeah, that idea that there may need to be accommodations made or anything else. Yeah. That should just always be met with curiosity. And I don't think it often is. I think it can be met with, you know, the patriarchy hurts men too, very much. And this idea that you're not like a real man, if like you can't somehow like pleasure woman, hate it, hate it so much. Right. It should be in, and and to to go back to like the you know the the not all men thing there are luckily and I think this drama shows it too there are men out there who do find it hot when you say what you want right and so we want more of that and we want to see more of that and I think this drama is giving us more of that like to to not only give the women freedom to say what they want but to have there be men who do react in a more positive way of like yeah like show me what I can do to make it better for you. You know, we we were talking about our we were talking about our love languages in um in our Patreon live that we did earlier, and talk about like a good act of service. If <laughs> acts of service is is your love language, have a partner who wants to know from your perspective how to service you well. And look, honestly, I think this also can go like kind of like beyond gender, and I feel like it's just good. Like, let's just like all relieve the burden that we need to somehow be like this encyclopedia of like all pleasure knowledge. Like right. any of us, you know, in any gender representation, like, you know, certainly we could also be conditioning ourselves, well, a dude's gonna like it if I like throw on like heels and like, you know, a tiny bunny ears. And somebody may love it, but it may be like I'm like, oh, I've just like, you know, kind of like incorporated the culture and really they would love to have like a back rub and you to like feed them, hand feed them a banana first. I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, there's all sorts of wild dreams people have. So ask your partner because maybe what you think they want, they might actually be feeling trapped in the same kind of bubble too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just watched this Thai, this Thai BL and it was like so sweet because um, it was like the beginning of a love scene and they were, they would like do these like little kisses and like, is this okay? Do you like this? Do you like this? And then they're like, okay, tell me if there's anything you don't like. You know, I just, I love that. It was a really, it was a really sweet scene. And it's hot. Intimacy is hot. It is. Absolutely. So we learn later in the drama that Mina's drive for no strings attached pleasure comes from a past trauma where she and her boyfriend lost a baby and he was super relieved while she was heartbroken. So she decided that love was too painful and to only focus on sexual satisfaction, which that is fun too. Yet it takes meeting Chabu Jay, played by Choi Gwang Rock, or, you know, my bae Roy Choi, for her to realize that her no-strings-attached encounters might not be fulfilling her like they used to. Like, it was good for a while, but now she's having some emotional feelings. So what are your thoughts on this standpoint on sex and love? Like, is sex more fulfilling when it's with a partner you care about? Is pleasure, just for pleasure's sake, just as fun? Um, can I just throw in real quick? So you were like, oh, yeah, Roy Choi's um, like really hot. I, I really love him. And I was really confused because there's a famous chef called Roy Choi. Oh, really? Um, and he's like, I've, I've like followed him. Like, I really love him. He's pretty <laughs> famous. Yeah. And I was really confused. I was like, Roy Choi? You thought he was in this drama? <laughs> I was so confused. I was so confused. Like, I was like, I mean, dude, if Roy Choi was in it, how did I miss it? Because he's so extremely distinctive voice and so then i looked it up and i realized that this guy also goes by roy choice and then i was then i then it made sense to me it was just i just wanted to 
Shout out Roy Choi as the chef. Really I love you. And I also like Roy Choi, the actor. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, I feel like this is a really deeply personal answer. Like, you know, I mean, I feel like the only sure. honest answer is it depends. So we have some folks who are uh, demisexual, which you know, I don't want to like woman explain all terms, but not everyone knows all terms. So you may like be living a life and not actually have the words to describe it. So I mean, you yeah. actually are the one who told me that I was demisexual. Like I didn't know until you told me. Like we were having, we were having a discussion. She's like, "Oh, you're demi," and I'm like, "Am I?" I'm like, "Oh, I am." It was a while <laughs> yeah. ago. Like we were having like an unrelated to any of this conversation. This was like probably a couple of years ago that we were having a conversation about sex. I don't know where it came from and. Yeah, and I didn't realize that that I was, and I am. Yeah, so I wasn't going to out you as this. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that because yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially, demisexual simply just means that a person can't generally experience sexual pleasure without an emotional connection. And then there are other folks out there that are just kind of like, hey, you look pretty. Come here and let's have some fun. (laughs) So there can be a lot of narrative, especially in like romance around like true love sex being the be all and end all. And I don't want to downplay the fact that logically intimacy and like comfort and communication generally helps forge trust that allows honest sharing of desire and fantasy and kink. But that all being said, look, I'm going to like, we're going to be a little open about some of our like, you know, ourselves here in this too. And I want to say, like, this is a going into like the way, way back time machine. But like, in my younger days, before, you know, being married for 100,000 years, I went through a hoe phase, <laughs> as I would call it, I am calling it a hoe phase, I am owning that word and identifying it to myself. And I'm going to say that some of it, I mean, most of it was kind of like, ugh. but occasionally it was like soup, like stupid amazing. And I wasn't having any big feels for the person. It's just that they like functionally knew their way around the business. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I agree. I mean, it's all dependent. I would say I did enjoy the storyline because I still felt like there was never any shame attached to Mina's um, approach at the beginning. It was just all of a sudden she found someone that she realized she wanted more with. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily think she was tired of her lifestyle. I think there was um, just some someone specific who made her want more. And I like that. I like that. I, I was a little worried that they were going to like make some shame about um, her lifestyle or she was going to be this like kind of one note promiscuous one, I guess. Um which is super popular in Western media to give like a side character, just, you know, but she was a main character just like Jay He, And I thought she had a great arc as well. Yeah. I really love that. They showed sort of both sides of this situation. Like they showed a woman who'd been in a committed relationship for years and wasn't satisfied and found satisfaction through just sex. Right. And then we had this woman who had been finding satisfaction in just sex. And then, like you said, met someone. So I think you put it better than I put it in the question. I like that you did that, Megan, that it wasn't necessarily that she was tired of of her lifestyle, but she found somebody who added more to it. And I, I like that. And it was not Roy Choi, the chef. Look him up, though, guys. He's really cool. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. He was born in Korea. And now he's like from I think he was like raised in Los Angeles. Jay's sexual exploration comes from her friends with benefits set up with author Kong Inchon, played by Park Sunho. 
Why does she choose him to help her find her G-spot? Well, because he's a famous author who writes for her publisher. He writes about psychology and sexual pleasure, mainly focusing on women. While we think he's a great character and treats he extremely well, you know, let's talk about our thoughts on the drama portraying a male as an expert on female pleasure. So look, I love Inchon as a hero, and I love that South Korea gave us this sex-positive little miniseries. I did at first sort of side-eye having a man as a sexual expert for women. However, the end of the drama gives Hee-jae the power in the dynamic between her and Inchon. And so I thought that was a nice reversal that I appreciated. Like, she got to choose what she wanted from their relationship. She got to, you know, derive pleasure from their relationship without having to attach a commitment to it. And when he did want a commitment for her, she got to say, no, that's not what I'm in this for. That's, you know, you don't know everything, obviously. (laughs) You know, she didn't, she didn't treat it like that. But I like that we saw that sort of displayed that this man who was a quote unquote expert really didn't know everything um, that he was getting himself into. And in the end, she was the one that got to choose how her journey went and how she got what she wanted from that relationship. Yeah, I mean, at first I was like, really? We're putting like a guy up there to like teach this group of women about about sexuality. But I like how the drama treated it because... I guess I was thinking that there was going to be this weird imbalance of power, and I thought it was going to be like, oh, he teaches her about pleasure. And that's not the way it was, actually. Um, It felt very balanced, and um, she had pretty much the majority of the power. Yeah, I don't have anything big to add on to either of those except to say I agree. But here's another thing I just want to bring up is it's fascinating to me that still in 2023, there are like serious debates over the existence of the G-spot. Um, like in, not like like in the world, like you can go and there's like robust debates on the G-spot. And I find it fascinating. And I especially find it fascinating when me- when people who don't own a vagina want to weigh in and be like no it does not exist it is not a like because look i'm gonna say it i have a g-spot and i own a vagina <laughs> and i know how to like activate it and activate it's real it. and i'm not sure what happens when someone's like well no it's not a thing i'm like but it like legitimately but it is is a thing mm-hmm. so i know how to activate it that's the funniest <laughs> But I mean, like, for a long time, I was like, I don't know, I have heard the G-Spot's a myth. And then, like, you know, eventually you, like, do your own research. And you're like, is it, though? And you're like, oh, no, it's not at all. But, like, you know, that's a conversation for another day. I'm like, you know, if you're curious. And, look, I don't know, maybe not ever. Like, I don't feel like it is just something where just, like, a few select people have it. I really don't. I don't think I have a magic vagina. No, you know what I did see recently? I saw that someone had taken almost like casts of like the inside of of women's vaginas and it was fascinating of course like that is the way it is but it was really fascinating to see the different shapes and sizes and they're not symmetrical and so yeah it takes a little bit of like you gotta try like you gotta learn your partner you know and um yeah i just i just found that really interesting i was really looking through all the different like shapes inside because some women obviously have like very shallow um vaginas some have longer things like that yeah i think when are... i had a baby they were like you have a really shallow vagina and i was like thanks <laughs> if you if you are somebody without a vagina trying to have 
sexual intercourse with somebody with a vagina, if you've met one G-spot, you've met one G-spot. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Doesn't mean you can go to the next partner and you know exactly where it is. And look, honestly, I do think vaginas are more, I think they come with a more advanced manual. But it's not like dicks are all the same either. It's not Mm -hmm. like I'm going to like, you know, I mean, I think that there's some more dicks tend to be a, a, an easier, like I'd say like a more I mean, like straightforward process, but I wouldn't, I, I would also say that like what works for one dick owner is not going to be like, yeah, I, I don't know if it's like, if you've met one dick, you've met one dick, but I do feel like, you know, <laughs> you shouldn't assume. <laughs> right. All dicks aren't the same. Right. Right. <laughs> Can we just have our own sex Pod, like our I, I'm saying we have we've this we have a sex podcast now. So yeah, can we do just a wait? Spot? I love next how they offshoot. were just like it's taken off. We're like the most famous podcast in Korea. I was like, it's not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's what was so funny is like both of them were like we don't know what we're doing, and then all of a sudden like they're totally yeah. Um, okay, sorry, can I just add one? They got a month off. They're like, here's a month off of work. I was like, America would never. <laughs> I know. Give I know. You a month off. That was the biggest fantasy of the whole drama. It was. <laughs> Not the G She's spot. She's like, I'm just going to have to take the a month, month off, off of work. Travel. Yeah, that's better than the G spot. Jeez. Okay. So this drama has a lot of humor and heart. And one of my favorite laugh out loud moments is the big reveal on what Cha Wu Jae's job is. A proctologist. And how Mina finds out. He performs her hemorrhoid surgery. While this is not their meet cute, it is the point in the drama where we see that these two relationship avoidant people actually have feelings for each other. So what was your reaction to this scene? And do you think you'll ever write a proctologist hemorrhoid meet cute? So I just want to say, first of all, I did love that they were just like, just anal sex positive. You know, yes, like just throwing that out there in a K drama. Yeah, because it came from her going to get like a clean bill of anal health. Yeah, before they had anal sex, which is yeah. I mean, yeah. they, I mean, they covered a lot of that in this drama. But yeah, and then, um, so I knew as soon as that nurse goes, oh, you know, we'll have to call in our our later doctor. He's For really sure. good. I was like, oh, it's it's this guy. But I. It's a great, I mean, it's such a good meet cute. And I love when she called it butthole surgery. At least that's the <laughs> translation. And I laughed so hard. Um, I, and I don't blame her. I would have been, I'm sorry. Like that's, who boy, that's a meet cute if I've ever heard one. So when we started this podcast and I was like petrified to speak, I did not think I would be talking about my vagina or my butthole. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but here we are. Here we are. And I think that I want to talk about this because I've never, I don't know if I've gotten to talk about this much. And it was, uh, you know, you just have moments in your life where you're like, this is ridiculous and I need people to know about it. But then you're like, how do I bring it up? I will bring it up to you today, dear listeners. So um, after, uh, I'm going to tell you, folks, you're going to hear more about me than you We're We're de-shaming, de-stigmifying. I got a a story too. So go ahead and say yours because I promise you're not alone. Okay. (laughs) So after my third child, I started um, experiencing maybe like in the year after, like things just started to take a turn, let's say. And um, I had like different things. Basically, I was like started experiencing like random rectal bleeding, which basically meant I was like, well, I guess I'm going to die now. 
And people were like, no, no, you've had babies. You probably have uh, hemorrhoids and you need to like go to a butthole doctor apparently and get it cleaned for <laughs> health. And so I did that because that's what medical people told me to do. And I don't know if any of you have ever done something like this. I had not. And I will say every once in a while in life, you put yourself into a situation where you're like, I am highly vulnerable here. Yes. (laughs) And so at this doctor's office, there is a table that you bend over on. And I want to just say that also I was a multitasking stay at home mom. So I had my baby with me. So she was like nine months old. And so I was, I didn't really realize, I don't know what I was thinking, but I got there and they're like, you're going to need to like lay over the table. But my child was like a baby. So I'm like, so do I just like hold my baby? And they're like, sure. So I like lay over, I bend over the table. Wait, you didn't have, you didn't have like a stroller or anything with you? No, I just came in, I, I was a baby. I, I did like carry stuff, shit. You know, you know me, I had like my carrier. Yeah, you had a, you're a baby mom. wearer. Yeah. Yeah, I was a baby wearer. So was and so I'm, I bend over, like you can take your pants off bend over this like table thing i'm holding my child who's looking at me as as an infant kind of like what the fuck is happening and i'm like mommy doesn't know (laughs) not only that it raises into the air so they can just get like a good like eye level like butthole peak (laughs) and i was like I just need to accept this is what's happening. This is like Zen practice. I just need to release the fact that this random dude has my my asshole in his literal face as I'm holding my baby. And I have no one to tell this to until right. today. Until today. And the long story short was I actually did not have a hemorrhoid. So the butthole doctor, I also just got to look like a weirdo who was like, get in there. And then he's like, um, there's nothing to be found. And then I was like, oh my God, and I got oh. paranoid. Like, does he think I just want him? Like, I'm a person. To look at my butthole. <laughs> I get off of this with my baby. And the TLDR is I got diagnosed with a autoimmune disease called ulcerative colitis, which is like Crohn's little ugly stepchild sister. Um, but that's a fun fact for the other day. But I was thinking, I would not have wanted to fuck the dude that was doing this. Even if he came in, like, you know. Yeah. Oh, like, for sure. On Bo Hyun. That, that would have right. been my worst nightmare. Thankfully, right. he didn't. Well, <laughs> I think the problem is, is that they already were planning to fuck each other. And then she ends up yeah. his butthole patient. Right. <laughs> so that's like throwing it right in the middle of the game, which I thought was. Uh, well. A pretty okay, so, genius, like, plot twist. It yes. was. So, okay, when I was in college, I was experiencing, like, pain during sex. And for a while, I was like, maybe this is just normal. Like, maybe it's painful. Like, I didn't know. Because <laughs> I was like... It's sad. I know. I was like 18, 19. And I was like, wait a minute. This can't be right. So I go to the OBGYN, and I was like, I'm... You know, and that's, like, a common question they ask every time, too. Are you experiencing... Um, pain during sex and I was like like I am like it really hurts and um, like penetrative sex really hurts and they're like okay we'll take a look so she you know does the whole exam and she's like so essentially you have like an extra piece of skin that like cuts across your like opening so the (laughs) 
So think of like like a vagina foreskin. Yeah. So think of like a stop sign. It's like a circle with like a line through it. That like flap, that like flap. So the penis was either going on like either side. So it was like, (laughs) probably felt great to them because it was like tight. But for me, (laughs) it hurt. And so basically she was like, they didn't really want to snip it. And so they were like, it's going to like break on its own. Which I was, they were just like, keep pounding in there and it'll break on its oh, own. No. That's what they said. Or like, they were wait, like, like, chip away at it? Yeah. <laughs> or they said, like, it'll break when you have babies, which I mean, it doesn't hurt. It, it, it didn't hurt much after that. So it must have broken. But the worst part was, I called it an extra flap of skin. And then I went, <laughs> went back to my, I stayed with, um, at that time, five other girls so it was six it was six of us in a dorm and i went back and i was like because i told them like you know this is these are my friends these are like my best friends so i told them like it's painful i'm gonna go talk to me OBGYN. so i was like oh i have an extra flap of skin (laughs) for a solid month they called me flappy Oh my god! You mean good? Was like, was it your hymen just didn't want to give up? I don't know. I feel like my hymen was like, I'm holding on. <laughs> like springs come and the icicles still hanging on the. <laughs> like it's hanging on. <laughs> and and yeah, and they call me Flappy in public, and people will be like, "Why do you call her that?" And I'm like, "Guys, you can't do this in public." Can you but please then, put Flappy in the show description for this? But, well, then they switched it to Frodo because I had a bad haircut, so I was either Flappy or Frodo my entire college. <laughs> <laughs> sexy, you are. Yeah. Sexy. So anyway, it's fine now. Clearly, my kids busted it wide open. I guess, but that was yeah. That's what I'm saying. Everyone's different. And go to your OBGYN. I think at the time I should have advocated for myself a little bit better, but I was like 19. I didn't know what to do, but I definitely should have been more like, okay, well, this is painful. Like, fix it. (laughs) Why are you making me wait until like... So your flap falls off. A dick breaks it. And what if you chose to never have a child? Like, I know. Good question. I I know. Mm. trust me now looking back now i'm like that was so problematic i can't even but i was again i was 19 that was what early oh my god that was like 2002 2002 so um yeah it was was this like your obgyn or like the campus doctor no this was actually mine okay yeah this was actually mine Mm. um which i don't go to i go to the same place but it at this point, there's different doctors. Yeah. Wig of the finger it, to them. But also, yeah. I will normalize, if you ever need to go see a doctor who needs to get in your butthole and you need to lay over this table, first think of me. <laughs> I'm there with you in spirit, holding your holding hand. Holding a baby. Holding a baby. And, and if secondly, you're experiencing pain. <laughs> secondly, the doctor doesn't give a shit. You're like the 90th butthole he's seen that day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, your butthole isn't special. <laughs> Maybe my flap wasn't special. Maybe they've seen it. I don't know. You've seen one flap. But now I'm but now I'm flapless. So that's great. You know, bringing it back to this scene really quickly. Yes, like, I did I did no I, I'm I'm glad that we're I'm glad that we're putting it all out there. But I yeah. did appreciate that they did this scene with like sincerity and didn't make it like a huge sort of slapstick joke, right? Like it was sweet. Like it oh, was super sweet. You mean her actual surgery? Like the surgery and his reaction afterwards, Correct. like taking care of her and stuff too. Like, yeah, she was mortified. And that part was funny. Like he walks in and she's like, oh my God, the hot guy on the motorcycle is my proctologist. 
Um, yeah. Well, but, she even had some trauma related to surgery because of when she lost her baby. So I did think right. that was handled with care. Yes. And so I, I thought it was done really well. And it wasn't just thrown in there like, I'm going to toss it to Cafe Minam Dong for a second. Like an accidental colonoscopy was tossed into Cafe for no reason whatsoever. Right. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Colonoscopies are important. I need to just like get this off my chest so I'm not thinking about it for the rest of the day. So, Megan, it's almost like you just had like a little meat stick in you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm going to meet myself. She had to wait for her meat stick to let go. You were clearly holding on to that for a she good was. minute. She was like, like, I gotta, I gotta, She's I gotta like fit this in. To herself. <laughs> oh, All right. I'm getting back to the drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Kang and Chan writes about the psychology of pleasure, agrees to help PJ find her orgasm, and then, of course, falls in love with her. The drama could not have wrapped up a nice... Neat, oh, sorry, have. the drama could have wrapped up a nice, neat, happily ever after here, after having HeJ suffer through a loveless relationship for five years. But instead, HeJ chooses HeJ. She might love Inchan, but she claims that she needs to truly know herself before she can be with someone else again. And I've seen reactions to this drama both applauding HeJ for this, as well as others feeling that HeJ does Inchan dirty by leading him on. What is your reaction to HeJ putting herself first? Yeah, I mean, I I loved it. I don't think she let him on. I don't think, uh, I think she was very upfront from the very beginning about about what she wanted. I do think then she pulled, as soon as she did know his feelings, then she pulled back and she was very honest with him. And I kind of loved it because um, it did give her time to kind of, you know, be by herself, learn about what she wanted go on her month long vacation that we would never get in the United States. <laughs> and um, so I, I mean, I personally liked it. And I thought the ending was kind of neat because it was a little open ended. Yeah, he like walks in, he looks all cool. And she's wearing his earrings. And I thought, okay, maybe they'll like rekindle again. But I liked that it wasn't like set in stone. You know, and he he also wasn't a dick to her reaction either. Like he I was love like that. Like that's what I think was so powerful is that she chose herself and he was like, I accept this. It yeah. doesn't change it doesn't change the way I feel about you. And I hope that you find what you're looking for. I agree. I loved it. Yeah, I don't have much more to add than that. It's just it's nice to see sometimes that yeah, the woman still has the work to do and you know there's no magical dick that's gonna save you. Although there can be in some romances and in some like fantasies. It's just in this one, I think they were leaning a little bit more towards like female empowerment and you doing the work yourself, which I appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I love that I have the lightning round and Leah actually wrote her answers. Like I lightning round, I was like, we're going to surprise each other. But Leah, Leah went full throttle here, which I, did, I haven't read them yet. So I'm going to keep them as surprises. Um, yeah, but I do have go. a little lightning round. Just a few questions. That if you feel mm -hmm. comfortable answering, would like you to answer. And I will answer them as well. Okay? Okay. Okay. Self-pleasure. Yes or no? Absolute strong yes. That was three That was three uh, words. Sorry. That's okay. Leah gave a paragraph. And I, yeah. I agree with you. Absolute strong yes. Leah, you yeah. can give your paragraph. 
I said strong yes. This isn't a paragraph. It's just two sentences. I know. I embrace a lot of gray areas in sex, but I am adamant that a person should be able to engage in quality sex alone. Like, know how your own parts work and what feels good. And I also want to affirm that you are never too old to do this. Yes. Have you ever bought a device to enhance your sexual pleasure? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And my married partner has always been accepting of it. And I think that's why I was so, like, angry (laughs) at this drama at the beginning. Not at the drama. I'm sorry. But I was really angry at HJ's boyfriend. Um, and yeah, I would say that I don't have a dungeon of sex toys. That's not a shame. It's just that I'm kind of cheap. Uh, but when I'm buying a sex toy, I will invest and throw down. So I tend to go for quality over quantity. I actually hosted a sex toy party with my colleagues from work like several years ago. This is when I was teaching. And I even at the time invited um, my then principal, who... I also knew because I'm good friends with her sister and she came to the party and it was super fun. And it was just, it it was all women who I invited and that was, you know, my choice. And it was, you know, kind of like you, I don't know if you guys have ever gone to one, but it's like, you know, like a a Tupperware party or, you know, a pampered chef and she brings all the products and, you know, explains how they're used and you buy what you want to buy. And it was super fun. Um, there are romance book boxes where you can actually buy like toys that correspond with a correspond with a book. And um, there's some authors in the alien romance space who have actually almost been like they've been commissioning like um, sex toy makers to make like silicone molds of like their character's anatomy, which I think is super badass. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, I love that. And now I have to bring this back to another question, which is remember, we had a podcast at one point where we were talking about one of your alien dicks. And oh, they yeah. were fluttering did we ever land on what they ended up doing well it was ruffles right Uh, i think i called them i think i actually described it as like the skin flaps there's that (laughs) flap word flappy skin flaps on (laughs) skin flaps um on like a squid and so i think i like described it that way because the heroine was describing it I need to like read that's the book that just came out so I have to like read back through over but it was really funny because I'm commissioning and that's also very common in like the monster romance and alien romance spaces you get art drawn of like not safe for work scenes okay so I have an artist that I've commissioned and she gave me just the under sketch at this point it's the same one who did the cover so it's not colored in but it's like it blows my mind that I'm like, right, because she's like, did I get the dick right? And I have to write back and be like, no, you actually didn't. I need these changes to this made up penis. Like, it's like <laughs> ludicrous that this is like no, this my is job. Amazing. Yeah, this is actually amazing. Hashtag yeah. goals. I was trying to throw you an easy bone here because I thought that, you know, we could talk about like the dick that you're going to commission, you know, because I think about those ruffles sometimes. Not like, yeah. <laughs> not when I'm laying in bed. Not that I couldn't but like they kind I, of like ripple i think i say that they ripple i think i say the x like the skin tendrils ripple i think i might have said it that way unfortunately now in this conversation what i feel like you need to show her is the poor unfortunate souls from the little mermaid yeah <laughs> <laughs> are oh those type of things hanging off of his dick oh my god <laughs> that's so true i forgot about those yeah, oh my that's god that's probably pretty accurate Okay, so final question. Yeah. Um, where do you where where's your favorite place to buy your sex toys? I know Leah, you already mentioned something in the beginning. 
Yeah. So again, look, we are ready and open for sponsorship. Fire blanket. I'm looking at you. I know that we have sold some fire blankets through our pod now. Supernatural. I, We've sold Supernatural. We have. So I'm going to throw two other out here. One is, um, I would say anything from the brand Lilo, L-E-L-O. This is a very sleek and stylish kind of like high-end sex toy brand that I am almost 99% positive is Swedish. Although, you know. It is. Okay. You're right. Um, and one thing I want to say is that for our listeners who own a penis, because I did take a perusal of their offerings last night, um, they have a much cooler version of a fleshlight, basically. So it looks awesome and made me kind of jealous I didn't have a penis because I was like, that shit looks like a good time. And then also I'm going to give a shout out to the Womanizer. Not No offense, Womanizer. It's not my favorite name. Um, but there's many knockoffs of the original and these are essentially like clitoral vibrators. So just kind of like a little friendly pulsing sea creature that can take you from, you know, doing your bills to paying your rent, (laughs) I guess, (laughs) in like maybe 40 seconds. Yeah. I want to back up, um, Lilo. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. That's, um, I have one of their products it's my favorite i've also had heard very very good things about tracy's dog so don't have to put these in the show notes yeah don't know anything from them but i've heard very good things so the only thing that i have ever bought off of the goop website is my favorite toy oh no way and while most things on the goop website like if you get into like the skincare and the clothes and stuff are like only famous people can afford them you can afford the sex toys on the Goop website. So I highly, highly recommend. So you've got some like Gwyneth Paltrow pussy going on. I do. I do. <laughs> and you know that's some high end. <laughs> right? Right. If Gwyneth is saying it's good, it's some good shit. <laughs> like but I can attest that it is good. Yeah. That's going to zen you out and then you're going to go need a green juice. <laughs> Self-care all the way. Yeah. All right. Anything else we need to unburden ourselves about with Hit the Spot? Um, I guess I just want to mention that I appreciated them talking about Plan B um, as a viable option and that, um, you know, sometimes I felt like parts of the dialogue felt a little infomercial, but infomercially, but it was still done in a way that made me feel good. So I didn't really mind. For me, I think I walked away the same pretty much almost almost the same emotional reaction as I had to Love and Leashes, which is I liked it. I'm glad there was like an attempt to explore in the space. I think it was more or less successful for what it was, but it also showed me that like I'd be open to like longer, richer, kind of more nuanced takes of both, you know, BDSM and kink as well as, um, you know, female sexuality in dramas. I, I'm not saying because, you know, we have people that will be like, you want sex in all dramas and that's not what we're here for. No, I don't. But sometimes I do. And so I would take more and longer and like richer stories. Agreed. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Like you said, for what it was, um, it's just kind of scratching the surface, though. And so I would I would definitely take something deeper. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) On that note. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. We uh, we shared a lot today. Yeah, yeah. I hope you enjoyed this one. Thanks, Flappy.
Yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> See you, Flappy. <laughs> Till next time. Kamsamni da. Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to afternoonadelight.com. That's A F T E R N O O N A D E L I G H T. Com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs, and if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon, where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, annyeong!